0: Motivators, welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. Listen, this is all about what does it mean to make motivation? We want to excite you. We want to make you think. We want to draw from our vast experiences. I'm so when I say we, I'm talking about I want I want people to join me on this podcast, and I want to tell their stories. I want to tell some stories of my own. To tell a story and to listen, to hear somebody out, it's very, very important. These are the stories of our life. The story of my life, I tell some shit, it might be made up. Story of my life. Look at this fucking old guy in his little beat-up pickup truck to my right. He doesn't know what the hell's going on inside the big Ram. I'll race his ass, take him right out of the blocks here. Shh, whatever, buddy. I'll friggin' squeal wheels, you'll see a cloud of dust. Look at this guy over here, what the hell he up to in this freaking Colorado, Chevy Colorado? I'll race your ass too. Hey, you ain't us in the Prius, you're a little friggin' toy. That you're... How about this? You hear that friggin' engine, the Hemi? fire up and accelerate zero to 60 baby and I don't know what <clears throat> listen back on the topics of stories I don't know I, I guess we've all uh, There are important storytellers in all of our lives my father was a big one he's a big guy freaking with big dogs growing up we had big freaking mastiff dogs and St. Bernard's and Great Danes and Fila Brazilleros Crazy friggin' junkyard dog crossed between a Brazilian mastiff and a friggin' um, a hound dog, or bloodhound rather. My, da- my dad would drive around in his big friggin' truck and uh, overalls and cut wood with a chainsaw and fell trees in the friggin' forest we had up in the upstate New York little uh, 10-acre plot up in the Catskills, built a house with his own two hands. told me one time he cut his thumb off. uh, Something fell on his thumb at work and crushed it and and cut the tip off, and he just put it back on and bandaged it up, and it healed. You know, my dad dad was a lineman for 35 years of his life. So he was one of these guys that drive around the big trucks, called a bucket truck, right? Big, crazy truck uh, with all kinds of devices hanging off of it, pails with different, uh, types of tools and loops of spools of wire and shit on the back, big bucket truck. So they'd show up to a telephone pole. If they didn't climb it with hooks that they'd attach to their legs and climb up with their, with their belt shimmy up like old day in the old days, they'd have a bucket and they'd one guy would operate that shit, and then the other guy would go to the top and deal with high voltage. Sometimes they work on those big super duper power lines. Um, talking about the big towers that you see. I've got pictures of him hanging up there, and crazy Carhartt bundled up in Carhartt clothing with all kinds of safety gear on, dealing with crazy electric power. Just fucking nutty shit going on. What you call it? A call out in the middle of the night. He'd get called and have to go out during a storm while everybody else was hunkered down in their homes. Do man's work. I think most of the time they were driving around the truck or at some bar drinking. I honestly think that that was the case. Because that's all they did was drink beer and talk shit and tell stories. A couple of the characters, my father's a character unto himself, okay. Um, He had this phrase... Um, what the hell was that? He had a bunch of different phrases, but he would say, um, you, uh, Aaron, if you friggin, if you come home, if the cops bring you home, you'll wish the hell they hadn't. You know, he'll say shit like that. Um, or he'll say, sure as God made little green apples. You know, hell yeah, I did that. Sure as God made little green apples. He's a good man who was a friggin' man of the earth, a friggin' giant on this earth, Mike Oberst. He's crazy. You meet him him, and shake the hell. To this day, he'll shake my hand, probably fracture my bones. But to give me a hug or to, you know, give me a sincere I love you song, you know, he's he's Mr. Stoic, so he doesn't really play that shit. He's a man's man. So I got that from him somewhere along the way. I picked up... uh, a little bit more sentimentality, if that's even the term. A little bit of a softer side. Listen, back to my daddy. He he worked as a lineman for 35 years. He had different guys he would drive around with on the crew, and I knew just them by last names or nicknames. Okay, there's a guy that he's a forerunner in terms of stories or concerned. You know, his name was Asbury Brown, and I don't know what, when I say Asbury Brown, I think, I always envisioned him as a big black guy. Apparently, he was not. He was a big, strapping, white guy. My dad described described him as a hillbilly man of uh, few words. He would, <clears throat> but he'd kick your ass. He didn't want to mess with Asbury Brown. He could fix anything. He was a United States Marine. His, his dad was, his friggin' wife was. Everybody in his family was a badass special ops Vietnam vet, ass kicker, drinking a case of beer in a sitting, like a Andre the Giant sort of guy, right? And we didn't mind to mess with Asbury Brown. One time they were at a diner in the middle of the night. They were on a call out. He's finished up some crazy job under the elements with friggin' high up voltage. And they were sitting in this booth in the diner, and Asbury almost had a booth for himself. You know, so he had to take up one side himself this guy came by with headphones on, he was listening to his music, and he was bebopping down the, the uh, aisle, and he passes Asbury's booth, and he, he just took a freaking french fry off of Asbury's plate, and without flinching, Asbury Brown grabbed a fork, slammed his hand down the table, grabbed a fork, and backhanded him, the guy with the fork. And it hit him right in the forehead, and the dude just passed out right in the aisle. Asbury Brown. He's a friggin' legend. Asbury, one time, the guy, he was so big that, you know, little, everybody else wanted to get a piece of him. They wanted to give him shit or try to fight him. So all these guys decided that they're going to jump him when he came out of the shop. So they jump him. And around the friggin' corner comes Asbury Brown with guys hanging off of him like fleas on a dog. I mean, just like one guy on his head, the other guy's hanging off an arm, two guys down low on his legs, and he was just tossing them off like they're nothing. Asbury Brown, one time, a guy was in a little sports car, and he decided to drive to work in the snow in this sports car. He got stuck. Well, Asbury comes out, tries to push him out. He's trying to push him out. The guy threw it in reverse and backed over, up over Asbury Brown. So now the car is on top of him. Asbury just grabbed the bumper and rolled it off of him. <clears throat> Got up, dusted himself off, and went on down the road. You know, just... Guy was a frickin' maniac. Asbury freaking Brown. <clears throat> Final story I'll give you about my father and the uh, telephone company. They had to do this sensitivity training. This is not a politically correct story, but it's it happened. So... My dad's a reasonable guy, but like everybody's dad back in the 80s, he grew up with a little bigotry and you know, telling stories about the Polak or the Jewish guy or the black guy or the Irishman, whatever. Pretty equal opportunity in terms of making fun of people. And once again, they were tradesmen, so they're always talking shit to one another. Well, <clears throat> there was so much shit talked that the company decided they were going to do a team-building exercise and they were going to have um, sensitivity training. So they had to do all these exercises. And the final one is they say, you know, listen, to some of you guys were in New Jersey here. We, there's different, very diverse community. We got guys that work in, uh, in every different, you know, different cities and very disparate, very varied, the type of people you're going to encounter. So we need to know that you'll deal with the public well. Well a lot of my dad lived in, in, or worked in Lakewood, which is, had a very high, um, Hasidic Jew community, had a Hasidic Jew community, had a very large Hispanic community, and then the other side of the tracks in Lakewood, there were people with a lot of money and all this shit, so different, um, different ages, different genders, socioeconomic, yada, 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 race, color, creed, so, during this sensitivity training, the guy who was moderating said, listen, you guys work in different communities. I want you to go ahead and just tell me how you're going to deal with this. Write down one positive thing about, uh, the community, the people within the community that you work in. Just think of some encounters that you've had and just write something nice about, let's say, for instance, Lakewood, you know, what do you think about this, this particular, uh, segment of the population? And, uh, you know, let's talk about, you know, this is a big Hasidic Jewish community. Let's talk about Hasidic Jews. I know some people have had run into these folks. We need to, we need to meet them where they're at and make sure that we can, if we encounter them, we will have a positive interaction. Uh, my dad and his buddies get together on the water cooler. What, what are you going to say? You know, what's, uh, something positive to say? He said, uh, my dad said, all right, well, okay, everybody tell us what, what you wrote. Well, I wrote that, um, I wrote the Jews. ascetic Jews are really good with money. They seem to manage money very well. Now, of course, in this day and age, we know that that's kind of a a bigoted statement. You might consider that, but it's a stereotype, and uh, the, the Jewish people are very uh, good with money. So my dad said, "Yeah, Jews are good with money." Another guy said, "Well, Jews uh, they they're they're very good uh, with." Families, their their family interaction is very positive, very tight knit people. And another guy said, "Well, these Jews, you know, they they, they keep a they keep their homes pretty nice. I've been inside helping, you know, working on their telephone lines and shit, and, uh, neat." My dad, uh, this other guy said, "Man, I wrote Jews stink." You know, So was a horrible thing to say, but just give you an appreciation for the gritty, bigoted, asinine uh, type of individuals that we, we all encounter every day, you know, <clears throat> um, what the hell, was another one about that, oh, here, there's another incident with the telephone company my dad had, he's out there driving around, the guy, they're they're, they're on lunch, they're back at the shop, call comes in. Ah, what's going on? My dad takes his call, says this woman in the community is pissed. She said that somebody was out there and, you know, uh, had vandalized her memorial that she put to her loved one that died in a car accident, you know, the flowers and, uh, stuff like that, that people will place at these different unfortunate accident sites. Right. Well, my dad fields his call and takes the shit or trickles down to him. I think he was a foreman at this point. His boss calls him and says, yes, yeah, this woman's very pissed, man. She's calling, called the police. They got this big stink here. Hey, you guys didn't do anything. Talk with the guys, see if they did anything. They know anything about this. They saw anything. And my dad said, hey, guys, all right, what's going on? Anybody see anything out on Route 539, Whatever. There was a memorial that had supposedly been damaged. Nah, no, nah, I haven't. Nah, I didn't, I didn't see anything like that, Mike. Now nah, we were out there, we didn't see anything. Next guy. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Mike, I yeah, I don't know nothing about it. Nothing. We, we weren't around that area today. Next guy gets to call him Frank, Frankie. Hey, Frank, you see anything about that? Some woman said she got her memorial vandalized because man, I did that, I hate that fucking shit, <laughs> you know, what a horrible, insensitive thing to do, uh, but once again, uh, the people that you meet, uh, they are very varied, and they do some crazy shit, and if you don't laugh, you're going to cry at it, right, so this is my dad, this is part of what I grew up with, big guy, big dogs, big truck big freaking beers he drank, um, for the most part, he never hurt anybody, but, uh, you know, he was a good, he was a good man, good man to grow up, this is kind of part of the foundation of storytelling that, uh, I was the recipient of, and my grandfather, before him, he was also, a, um, a big time storyteller. So pop pop you know, driving his little friggin' rabbit, uh, Volkswagen rabbit diesel around North Jersey. There it was a fisherman, an artist, a woodcarver, uh, by trade, he was a letter carrier for the U.S. Postal Service. And he retired from that, and then he would just friggin' fuck around, I don't know, join these clubs and do the various things. Interesting guy who drank cream sodas and ate um, liverwurst and gave me a penknife at my every encounter with him, and butterscotch lifesavers, you know. I remember one time he told me, Pop-Pop Oberst, he told me that he would carry a a hatchet in his little diesel rabbit, little tan diesel rabbit carry a hatchet," he said, just in case he's out and about, he needs to, you know, somebody messes with him, he can protect himself. On another occasion, he said that he, um, he said another good weapon is you take a big, heavy nut, big iron nut, like the size of a silver dollar, and you run some fishing line through it, or some string, and so you can whap somebody with it, if they mess with you. You know, just envisioning my grandfather, um, with his checkered shorts and his big belly and his beard. Just a friendly, smiley face to everyone he would meet, envisioning him hitting somebody with a nut uh, suspended by a piece of string. It was pretty funny. We all have these stories about people. They don't always have to be um, uh, crazy or zany or anything like that, but there are experiences we've had from... Uh, times throughout our life. And it's, I think it's important to stop and revisit them and to, to consider them when we're living day-to-day and we're raising our own families and having our own experiences. Man, life is an adventure, and I feel like enjoying these occasions and seeing and living these stories out fully is important. Because sometime later in your life, that story may be passed down and juggled around to your offspring and their children, and that means that a piece of you lives on in that that story. And so I just think it's important. I try to live my life like that, where I'm excited, I'm interested in the doing of life, and enjoying the ride, and accumulating these crazy stories, and really, um, celebrating the, 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 people in your life that stick out, you know, it's not always for the best reasons they stick out, maybe they're a jerk, maybe they're an asshole, uh, maybe they're always around getting drunk, or, and doing something foolish, or maybe they say something that offends somebody else, but, um, As long as nobody's getting hurt, it spices up a story and allows you to build on that, do a little embellishment. There's nothing quite like that, embellishing a story and uh, building upon it, making it more powerful. But to the best of my knowledge, everything I just told you is God's honest truth. All right? I'll continue this, try to revisit some of these characters in my life and tell you their stories because I think they're important. Stay motivated.